been saying it all day. Happy birthday, family church. You know what? Six years ago, um, Chris and I were asked in 2018, we were asked to pastor this church. And we had no idea of what actually lay ahead. But our mandate was quite simple. We were given two tasks by Pastor Andy Elms. We were asked to do these two things. Love the people and teach the word. So we thought, easy. That's easy. (laughs) Wow. What did we know? We had no clue of what lay ahead and about the journey that we're about to embark on. But I tell you what, I wouldn't I wouldn't have it any other way. We've absolutely loved it. It's had its ups and downs. We've had, uh, we'll, we'll cover some of the story today. But, um, but based on, on the, a bit of the journey that we've been on over the last five years, I just wanted to share a bit of our hearts of lessons learned over the last five years. And um, it's lessons learned and it's lessons that we continue to learn as we continue to journey. I love, I love what Shanae said, you know, thank you, Lord, for the last five years, but thank you, Lord, for the, for the more that's coming. And so we're excited and expectant. This is just a little milestone. But in the grand scheme of things, for what God's got ahead, it's, um, you know, there's still much more ahead. So I'm going to just share a brief word today from Genesis chapter 12. We're going to talk about our journey, the journey of life. And so the scripture that's going to come up is from Genesis chapter 12. Genesis chapter 12, verses 1 to 4. And it says this. Now the Lord had said to Abraham... Get out of your country, from your family, and from your father's house, to a land that I will show you. I will make you a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great, and you shall be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and I will curse him who curses you. And in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. So Abraham departed as the Lord had spoken to him, and Lot went with him. And Abraham was 75 years old when he departed from Haran. I've got five points, actually, for today's message. I only realized afterwards, oh, we're five years old, and I've got five points. How amazing is that? But my first point is, you're never too old, and you're never too young to follow the purposes of God. You are never too old and you're never too young. You're not even too far gone to even start again. Maybe you've taken a bit of a sidetrack journey with the Lord. Maybe you've gone wandering off a little bit, but it's never too late. God is the God of second chances. So we're going to just start with that last verse in verse 4. It says, Abraham was 75 years old when he departed from his father's house. God didn't consult him about his age. He didn't say, okay, Abram, is this okay with you? I know how old you are, you know, so if you say no, that wasn't the case. He just gave him instruction. He said, this is what I want you to do. 
And so Abram was 75 years, and he did as he was told to do. You're never too old. You're never too young. This gives me hope. And you think about some of the guys from the Bible. Moses, he was about 80 years old when he received the Ten Commandments. And when he went ahead and parted the Red Sea that God did through him. Samuel, oh, here comes the kids' church worker. She's had enough. She's, re- she's cold. Okay. <laughs> Just another 25 minutes to go, Shanae. So Samuel in the Bible. Samuel, he was a boy when God called him. Not sure how old he was, whether he was three, five, or ten years old. But he was a young boy when God called him. So you're never too young. You think of um, David when he slew Goliath. He was around 16 years old. You think about Mary, the mother of Jesus. She was a teenager when she gave birth to Messiah. So you're never too young. You're never too old. God didn't consult Abraham about his age. It's no consideration. I like to, Yeah. 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 I'm glad you asked. It's a very good question. Okay. You're in the right place, love. You're in the right place. Yeah. You're in the right place, okay? I'll tell you what. We'll get together with you after the service. We've got to... Fantastic people around you, okay? You're in the right place. It's, it's okay. It's all right. You're in the right place. These people just love on you. It's okay. It's all right, love. I love that. You know, I'm sorry for the hurt and the pain that some people, you know, we go through, we go through some stuff. We're talking about journeying through life, you know, and this is real. This is real. You know, this isn't, you know, we're not a dress rehearsal. This isn't a, this isn't a dress rehearsal. This is reality. This is life. People go through hardship. And, um, and I, th- I don't think there's anyone here that can say, I've arrived. We're all, none of us, eh? we're, all, we're all on a journey. And so I'm just so grateful that um, for God's love, for his kindness, and for his comfort and his peace. So um, I'm going to try to go back to a bit of the message, okay? Um, be sensitive, okay? So God says to Abraham, leave your country, he says, in, in, a, in a version called the NLV, it says, leave your country, leave your family, and leave your father's house. In other words, leave all that's comfortable 
and familiar. You know, much like what we've been sharing about from Isaiah 43, 19, where God says that he's doing a new thing. But in order for us to embrace what God is doing as a new thing, we need to let go of the past. Eh? We can't hold on to the past, but we've got to, we've got to um, expect the new thing that God is doing. And as we step into this new season in Family Church Waterlooville, we need to purpose in our hearts and to be willing to let go of the familiar and the comfortable and to trust God um, that he is going to do a new thing amongst us. I also love this, that get out from your country, from your family, and from your father's house. It's almost like table etiquette. Has anybody here been to a restaurant and you, you sit down at a restaurant and it's just knives and forks and cutlery and there's like three forks, five knives, there's a spoon and there's a fork for dessert. Yep, yep. It's, it's quite challenging, isn't it? It's really challenging. So it's, that's called like a, um, that's a, a, a dining etiquette. They, what do they say in dining etiquette? You start from the outside and you work your way in because then you know you're going to be using the right utensils for the right courses. And that God does the same to Abraham. He says, he starts off, he says, leave your country. Leave your country. And that means leave your culture. And I know there's a lot of people here from different cultures. There are even British people here. But God says, leave your culture. Leave your climate. Leave your lifestyle. Leave your ways. Leave the familiarity. All that you're used to. Hey, Dilia, you've just come back from Zimbabwe. I mean, how familiar and comfortable was that, even in the midst of a funeral? But, you know, to be in that environment. God says, leave your country. Leave that culture. Leave the warmth, that sunshine. <laughs> leave it. I love what it says. You know what? In South Africa, there used to be this advert that says... Um, it, it went like this, um, Braflace, Rugby, Sunny Skies, and Chevrolet. And that was like a South African ditty. It was an advert for a Chevrolet car. Braflace, Rugby, Sunny Skies, and Chevrolet. That was the South African culture. You know, Braflace, Rugby, Sunny Skies, and Chevrolet. But this is going back to like the 70s or so. But leave your country. You know what's the message in, in Romans 12, 2 says this, don't become so well-adjusted to your culture that you fit into it. Let's not become so familiar and so well-adjusted to the culture that surrounds us that we just morph into it, and there's no difference between us and the world. So leave your country. He says, leave your family. Leave those close to you. Close to you. you know, when we left South Africa, we left a number of our family members in South Africa. I'm very close to my own sister, and she was really hurt when I left South Africa. But we had to follow the leading of God. And I was, I was upset that she was upset. But that was just the way it was, you know. And I know a number of people here, you've had to leave some loved ones behind. And then he says, leave your father's house. And for us, leaving our father's house was like leaving our home church in, in Rama in South Africa, leave your father's house. To me, that was a biggie for us. But anyway, so he says, and go to a land that I will show you. So it's about 
letting go of the familiar, letting go of the comfortable, and trust God. Just start trusting God. Go to a land that I will show you. God doesn't show you the full picture. So my, point, my first point is you're never too old, you're never too young. My second point is this journey is a walk of faith. It's a walk of faith. Psalm 119 verse 105 says that your word, thy word, is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. It's a lamp unto my feet. It only lights up one step at a time in front of me. If you're looking for the great big picture, don't. You're wasting your time. God leads us one step at a time. And he says also, though, that he's a light to my path. God always leads us forward. God will never take us back. He will encourage us to celebrate the milestones, the good stuff, but we're not to sit and linger in the so-called good old days. Okay, forget the past. He always leads us forward. 2 Corinthians 2, he says, Now thanks be to God who always leads us in triumph. And I looked that up this morning, and um, one of the commentators say, when he, leads us for, when he leads us forward in triumph, it's like a victory parade with Jesus at the front. You know, when there's a victory parade and there's Jesus at the front, he always leads us forward. He always leads us in triumph. Psalm 23 says, he leads us beside still waters. He leads us in paths, paths of righteousness. Right, so he leads us, but we have to take steps of faith. It's the walk of faith. And in the walk of faith, something that I've realized and I've come to learn is that there's no map and there's no timeline. God says, today is the day of salvation. Now faith is. And you think, really? (laughs) Okay. But God is, there's no timeline. With the the Lord, a a thousand years is as a day. But there's a season for every, uh, for every activity under heaven, Ecclesiastes. There's that season. There's that kairos moment for every activity. But we've just got to be ready to, 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 to obey God when he tells us and to trust him and be willing to take those steps of obedience. Do you know what? God called us before the foundation of the world. I've been saved for 33 years, and I'm so grateful for the grace of God, for the goodness of God, because I've not saved myself. I've not stayed saved because I'm such an awesome person. In fact, the opposite. It's through the goodness and the favor and the kindness of God. He's kept me. But my calling and your calling began to manifest at salvation, the day you got saved. Chris and I didn't become pastors the day we accepted the role. We were already, (laughs) from, from day one of salvation, we were already walking in God's calling. And you know what? Pastoring, even pastoring this church, could just be for a season. It could just be for a season, and it is just for a season. I can tell you now, in 20 years' time, Somebody else will be standing here. (laughs) I've got no intention. We've got no intention of going anywhere else. But 
you know, my life is limited. When God says, come home, I'm going. I'm gone. I'm out of here, okay? I'm not hanging around for anybody. I'm going. But pastoring could just be for a season. And when that season stops, it doesn't mean I'm outside of God's will. I'll still be following God's call. I'll still be following God's leading in my life. So it's not, it's not about a title. It's not about, it's not about a destination. This whole thing is about a journey. It's a journey of faith. Ephesians 2.10 says, We are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, that we can walk in them, that we are to walk in them. We'll operate in different roles throughout our salvation, but to walk means it's a part of our journey. It's not the role that matters. It's the walk. It's not the role that matters. It's the walk. And it's the walk that determines whether you accomplish God's will or not. I'm going to say that again. This is so important. It's not the role that matters. It's the walk. And another thing, this platform is not the prize. This isn't the prize. This isn't a prize. It's, it's the walk. It, it's the walk that, it's what determines whether you accomplish what God's called you to do. It's, the, it's your walk with God. You know what, if God's called you to be a car park attendant, if we had, if we had our own building and we had need of a car park attendant, if God's called you to be a car park attendant, be the best car park attendant you can be. If God's called you to worship leading, be the best. Man, get here on a Saturday morning, learn from people, learn from Shanae, learn from these ladies that are up here, learn from Femi, even be willing to learn from somebody half your age. Learn from somebody half your age. That will challenge some people, including me. <laughs> but it's part of the journey, is learning, learning from one another. But God's not looking for perfection. He's looking for excellence. He's looking for excellence. And I just want to say, I want to commend Stephen here this morning. He was here before us this morning. We got here a little bit late. And, um, but Stephen was here. He was setting up on his own. He was doing such a great job, but he was doing it with such a right attitude. It was his attitude that got to me. He smiled. Good morning. And I said, oh. Good morning, I'm a little... He said, oh, praise God, the joy of the Lord is your strength. <laughs> Thank you, Stephen. Yes, amen, I needed that encouragement. But it's good. It's not the role that matters, it's the walk. 2 Corinthians 5, 7 says that we walk by faith and not by sight. So we learn to trust God even when we don't see the full picture. You know what? We come from a church that seats 7,500 people. It's a mega church. And every Sunday, we would go at least two services, and we, we, we were accustomed to that. Our heart's desire, this is our heart's desire for this church, is not 7,500 people. I don't want that. Thank you. <laughs> but um, what I want, I don't care if there's 10 or 100 or 200, I want us to experience the presence of God in this place every Sunday. I want every person that comes through these doors to leave differently. 
We want people to encounter the living God. We want people to, to, to be in awe of God. We want people, when, <clears throat> when you leave here and you're driving in the car, you're walking home, whatever it is, you're talking about what God said to you today. What did God say that you get excited about what God is doing amongst us? Forget about the f- football. Forget about lunch. You know, we'll get to that. But let's be, let's be all in for what God wants to do in our lives, in our midst. And let's, let's, let's just be all in. And let's learn to trust God even when we don't see the full picture. I want to see, you know what, over Christmas we had 70 people in here. And we praise God for that 70 people. But I want to see, and it's not about numbers. Please hear my heart. It's not about numbers. But I know that there are people that need, we know, there are people that need to be here. That need to get this transforming gospel of Jesus Christ from between these pages into their hearts. And to live it out and to walk out your calling. So learning to trust God when things are good, when things are not so good. I'll, co- I'll, co- I'll cover some of our story in a few minutes. When things are not so good. We went from having a church of a reasonable size just prior to lockdown. After lockdown, we were down to 12. It was like replanting all over again. But we'll get to that. But you know what? We still trust God. If there's 10, if there's 12, if there's 22, if there's 44, if there's 70, if there's 109, there's 200, I don't care. We trust God. We keep trusting God. Somehow, we, that's, what, that's the point, is that we walk by faith. This is a faith journey. So you're with me, okay? We're never too young, we're never too old. Number two, we walk by faith, not by sight. Number three, we hold on to the promises of God. Hold on to the promises of God. Verse 2, God makes a promise to Abraham. He says, I will make you a great nation. He says, I will bless you. I will make your name great. In verse 4, he says, in verse 3, he says, and in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. What promises? Hey, imagine God coming up. Saying to you today, Simone, Simone, I will make you a great nation. Amen. I will make you, Christine, I will bless you. I will make your name great. Yes, yes. If God comes to you and gives you that word, hold on to it. Hold on to the promise. What God has promised, He will do. He's always true to his word. He's always true to his character. He can be trusted. I just want to put in a little caveat here. Make sure that if you have a word from God, that it is a word from God for you. Okay? It's in way back when, used to get these little thing called daily bread. And um, it was like a little box full of little scriptures. And just before you left home, you quickly, boop, you went into the box like, which one? It's almost like opening up your Bible and like, this word. <laughs> you know, but haul out a little promise box. This is my promise for today. Yes. Amen. This is my promise. But it's not necessarily so. I mean, that's okay. But, we, but that's not the way it's done. You know, we don't just take any scripture and say, yes, I'll take that. 
Yes, that's my word. Listen to what Jeremiah 29, 8 says. Do not listen to your dreams which you caused to be dreamed. Well, you know what? We can, it's good to desire the things of God. It really is. It's, it's wonderful to delight yourself in God and to desire all that he has for you. But do not listen to your dreams which you cause to be dreamed. You know, I can take any scripture and I can say, oh, yes, there's my promise. But is it God's promise to me for this season in my life? We've got to be careful. When you receive a promise from the word of God, make sure it's a rhema word. It's alive. It's got the, the breath and the life of God in it. You know this is a word for you. And another little caveat. I just want to throw in a couple of little caveats because I can. Any conviction. Okay. Holy Spirit convicts us of truth. The Holy Spirit indwells us as believers. But please understand that any conviction from God will never, never be outside of his word. He will never die. I don't care if you've got goosebumps on your goosebumps. It doesn't matter how deep your conviction is. If it's outside the word of God, that conviction is not from God. Okay, be careful. Be careful. Make sure any word, any promise, make sure it comes from the word of God and be careful of conviction. We're not led by, we're not led by preference. We are led by conviction, but make sure that the conviction lines up with the, with the word of God. And you know what? For ourselves over, this, over the last five years, having promises from God has in some ways kept us. Because when the storms have come, and they've been plentiful, but so have the good things been plentiful, but it's the, those promises that we've been able to go back to and say, no, Lord, this is what you've said. You've said one word, one big word that we had, you'll never lack. It's like, wow, we will never lack. Well, it certainly, at times, it thought, it looked like we were lacking. But know what? We walk by faith, not by sight. God is our provider. And he, and he came through every single time. So hold on to the word of God. Is this okay? Point number four. Write down any prophetic word given to you. Um, God gives us prophetic words for us to hold on to. We're a Pentecostal church. We believe in the prophetic. If God gives you a prophetic word, at, maybe the word might not seem relevant to you at the time. Don't discard it. Write it down. Just hold on to it. Shelve it. It might come up later. You might have need of it later. Okay. But God knows the storms and the challenges, the highs and the lows that lay ahead. And he's, he knows what you're going to have need of. So if, if God gives you a prophetic word, hold on to it. Write it down. We've got some scriptures that... Uh, some prophetic words that were given, one that was given to Chris about a year before we got married, and another one that was, we've had a number, but the other one in particular that I'm thinking of was given to us both on our wedding day, and they were identical from two different people, just didn't even know each other, but a year apart, and that, that scripture, 
those, the, it wasn't scriptures. They were, one was a scripture and one was just prophetic. It's kind of, it's been, it's followed us <laughs> for 30-something years, that, that prophetic word. So hold on to it. Life's a journey. And you need, sometimes you need, God knows what's lying ahead. He's, he knows what you're going to have need of. Okay. My final point. My final point. Is this okay? What's number one? Doesn't matter how young. Yes, thank you. Debbie, you full marks already. Number two, we walk by faith. Number three, hold on to the promises. Number four, write down the prophetic. Thank you. Well, this is good. This is good. Number five, become a lifelong learner. Get rid of the t-shirt mentality. I've been there, I've done that, and I've bought the t-shirt. Careful. Pride comes before a fall. You're never finished learning in life. You are never finished. I read this. When you stop learning, you start stagnating. You start stagnating. If you're not learning, if you're not going for, and it's not just head knowledge. This isn't just, now I'm going to study my Bible for the next 20 years and get three degrees and all this stuff. It's a, this Bible is not for information. The Bible, the Word of God, is for heart transformation. Do you know what? You can quote 10,000 scriptures, but if you're not living one of them, if one of them, if it's never impacted your life, if what you say, what's coming out your mouth is never, then rather keep it to yourself and ask God to help you. Okay. But be careful. Let's become lifelong learners. Let's get out those learner plates. Remember how many of us have driven, gone for your learner's license. Man, those were scary days, eh? Going for your learners and having those L plates. But let's have those L plates throughout our lives. That's what, we, that's what life's about. It's about becoming a lifelong learner. But we learn from our mistakes, but we don't live in them. We're not going to live in our mistakes. God is a redeeming God. Look at the life of Joseph. Not that Joseph needed to be redeemed, but look at, look at what the enemy intended for evil. God turned for good. God turned for good. So we've got to be open, be teachable, be willing to learn. Be willing to, I'm telling you, we're into this year. I'm not going to go, I'm not going to give it all away. But I tell you what, be ready, be ready, get ready, get ready. We're going to learn things in the year ahead that God's going to open to us. It's going to be absolutely fantastic. And be willing to learn, like I said earlier, from people younger than you, from people half your age. <laughs> it's fine, it's okay. Just because you're old doesn't mean you know it all. Eh? I'll speak for myself, just because I'm old, doesn't mean I know it all. There's lots to learn. And I'll tell you what, another thing, I'm full of wise counsel today, but this is just stuff we've learned, okay? When you ask for wise counsel, the Bible says that in a multitude of counselors, there's, there's safety. When you go to somebody asking for wise counsel, and that person spends two hours with you giving you wise counsel, godly counsel from the Word of God, then do it. <laughs> Just do it. Why go to someone, ask for wise counsel, and don't do it? That's not wise. That's not wise. You know what? I, um, I'll give you an example of this. Chris, 
when he was at the end of first year in Bible college, um, he had a big decision to make. He had a big decision to make. And so he decided he's going to go and speak to somebody that he respects in the Lord. And we both really respect this guy incredibly. And, but Chris approached this guy who was younger than him, and, uh, but he purposed in his heart that he would submit to what this guy had to say because he was submitting himself to this guy's wisdom and his understanding and his leading and his sensitivity to the Holy Spirit. So Chris went with this attitude. If this guy says do A, he's going to do A. If he says do B, he's going to do B. It's almost like he's go- he didn't tell the guy, listen, I'm coming to you and I want to hear from God, so you better make sure this is right. But anyway, um, the guy gave him wise counsel. Chris made his decision. He was responsible for his choice. He could have said, nah, I don't want that. Now I think I'm going to do this. He, made the, he, he submitted to the person that he went sought counsel from, and um, he, made his, he made his decision. He took responsibility, and he owned it. It's not up to the other guy. It was up to him. He took that wise counsel. Do you know what? Two months later, we met. <laughs> Two weeks after that, we were engaged. 27 years later, we're still happily married. I'd hate to think what would have happened if he hadn't listened. Praise God for godly counsel. Praise God. You know what? Life is a journey, like I say, full of ups, full of downs, highs, lows. Seasons of joy, seasons of despair. Seasons of ease, seasons of difficulty, seasons of challenges. And something I'm learning is that in the midst of trials, in the midst of storm, storms, I can still rejoice. I can still look for the good in the midst of the bad. If things are going badly, count it all joy, brother. Count it all joy. We can still, we can learn that even in the midst of pain, in the midst of betrayal, we can still experience great joy. Jesus is our example of that. Betrayed by someone in the inner 12, betrayed, went to the cross for the joy that was set before him. So we don't have to wait for everything to be perfect in order uh, to celebrate. So we've learned to focus on and enjoy the life we have and the people who are with us in this time and in this season. And like I shared, that our heart's desire is to see a growing, thriving, authentic church. That word authentic is just resonates. You know what? We're going to get rid of frills and fluff. I'm sick of frills and fluff. We, I want to see authenticity. I don't mind that lady today crying, weeping. That's real. That's real. It doesn't mean we're all going to do that, okay? But, but we, it's okay. It's just being real. Let's not wear these little faces every Sunday. Come to church. How are you? I'm blessed. How was your week? Fine. I mean, when you're falling apart, you're breaking up inside. No, we're going to be real. We're going to be real. So this is, the, this, is how we, this is how we see the year ahead, the years ahead. So I'm just going to share 
a bit of a timeline, just to give you an overview. Not everybody has been with us from the start. So just a quick rundown. 2018, we started monthly evening services at Horndean Technology, Technology College. And on the 20th of January, there we all are. I don't know what's happening here. Oh, my. I know who he is, actually, the poor guy. That was our first morning service. On the 20th of January, it was in that hall in there. The 20th of January, 2019. And then a couple of little highlights from 2019 was in October, we, had our, we did an open day. I had no idea what an open day consisted of. Never done one in my life before, but we did one. We had over 200 people in this hall, and it was fantastic. Look at that. Hall full of people. There's Roz. Roz, there's you, isn't it? There's Roz. And um, I don't know where uh, any of the others are, but anyway, it was a fantastic day. We had, the, we had the, uh, first, our first outreach. It was great. Then Christmas 2019, we had our first Christmas event. We had over 100 in attendance. And there's another one of Christmas, I think. There we go. That's what I want. I want us to see a really good turnout for next for this Christmas coming. And then March 2020, we'd literally been going for 15 months. And um, we had no idea that in March 2020 would be the last time we'd be meeting for another 15 months. So we've been going for 15 months, and then we were shut for 15 months. So during lockdown, what happened was down in Portsmouth, they transformed the upper room in the Empower Centre Portsmouth into like a TV studio. And it became amazing. It was absolutely fantastic. And Pastor Andy used to lead weekly online services. In fact, he still does, except it's now coming live from the um, Family Church Portsmouth congregation services. But during this period of COVID, we discovered Zoom like everybody else. And so every Sunday morning, before the, ser- before the online service, we used to meet together on Zoom. So in Zoom 2020, there we go. Sunday morning, we'd have Zoom. And we'd try to think of all kinds of things. You know, you're looking at people in a flat screen. Man, it can be challenging. So we'd try to think of all kinds of things. So we thought, okay, let's wear hats. Who's got the best hat to wear? <laughs> so we wore hats. Look at Roz there again with her British bowler hat type of thing. And um, we did animals. What kind of animal are you? Somebody sent in this picture. They said that's who they relate to. I said I related to the donkey because he carries the presence of God. You know, so spiritual. And then we even said, okay, what about baby photos? So, oh, guess what? There's me. There's me. You can see how shy, I've always been a shy person, I was very shy, but we had to guess the baby. That's my brother and my sister in the photo, my dad. And then um, in the evening service, in the evenings, so we had online service on a Sunday morning, Zoom calls, and then Sunday night local on YouTube live. 
And I tell you what, you saw, what you saw was this so-called professional look. I want Femi to see this photo because notice the setup, an ironing board. <laughs> this is the stuff you don't see behind the scenes. This is how professional we were. An ironing board, a laptop stand, some lights, and a couple of notes on the landing in the house. And we would go live on YouTube on a Sunday night teaching different series. So we try to make the most of it. And then May 2021, lockdown lifted. Praise God for that. And we started regathering. Look at us. Isn't that a picture of happiness? Statues. We played statues. Wearing a mask. You weren't allowed to talk to one another. You could come in. Don't even make eye contact. Because if you make eye contact, you're going to want to talk. You're not allowed to talk to one another. You're not allowed to sing. You're not allowed to pray. I mean, look at it. Look at it. It was terrible. And look how few of us. We were decimated. Praise God for his goodness. But then restrictions started lifting and life started coming back. And there's food. Yes. When there's food, there's life. Yes. Look at this. Then we had some baptisms. Woohoo! Baptisms down in East Knee Beach. Absolutely fantastic. If anybody here, you've not been baptized and you want to get full immersion baptism, please speak to us. We love water baptisms. Then September 21, we started our first family movie nights. Family movie nights for the next two years in this hall. 19 of them, 19 movie nights. We had a total of about 1,400 people. Not in one night, but overall, counting all the head counts, 1,400 people. We would make free hot dogs, free coffee, free tea, free cool drinks, free popcorn. And, I mean, this place would be wall-to-wall covered in popcorn most, most Friday nights. But you know what? We built up... It was... To, to us, that has been one of the most, one of the highlights of, the, of this church, is outreaches, has been the movie nights. And they're absolutely phenomenal. We had, um, we've had a few, we've, we've, we've been able to really connect well with some people as a result of these movie nights. People that said, I'll never come to church. I'll come to your movie nights, but don't ever expect me in church. Well, let me tell you something. Christmas 2023, they were in church. Christmas Eve, they were in church. How come? They came to a movie night. They came to a movie night. They came to church. We've had a number of people that have joined and um, journeyed with us as a result of the movie nights. So a couple more movie night photos. Yeah. Then we had a barbecue and games night. Where's this Kerry lady, eh? Look at this lovely willow. So, um, reaching our community in the summer months, uh, we did a, a, we've had two role-play villages here, pop-up play, pop play, where we pay for the whole thing. We, get, um, we look for money everywhere, for grants, wherever we can find money, so that we can be a blessing to our community. Then for the church, we've held different events. Always around food, of course. Ladies' breakfasts. Look at us posh ladies. I mean, look at us. 
There we go, Isabella cooking away. Oh no, she was just helping herself. This, this was the lady's tea. This was amazing. This was, I think, one of our highlights from last year. It was fantastic. It was boiling hot. We're in the middle of a heat wave. And Isabella did all this. She baked all this stuff. You're going to wait until you see the birthday cake. If anyone touches it, they'll be dead. <laughs> I want photos. You're not allowed to touch it. Okay. Then you can eat it. But we had men's breakfasts. I didn't put a photo up because the men are a bit um, And then we had, we've had bring and share lunches. We've had pancake lunches. Next month we're having a pancake lunch. It's so great. I love the way everyone's just piled in today. You know, it doesn't matter if it's a piece of chicken or a salad. It doesn't matter. We're going to have a pancake lunch in February. And it's such good fun. And for the kids, we've learned some great songs Remember we learned about the Good Shepherd when we were still in the old hall? They sang that song, The Good Shepherd. They're learning scriptures. They've gone to Marwell Zoo. We've had a um, picnic in the park. Picnic in the park just here in Jubilee Park. To, look at that. Look at that, Daniel and David playing all those instruments. And then, But one of the highlights, I have to say, is that after 42 months of worshipping to YouTube. I mean, can you believe it? We've did it 42 months. We had no worship leader. We had one, and she left <laughs> during lockdown. But from, from then, we've had no worship leader. But we started live worship in September 2023. There were some beautiful voices. We kept hearing them down there in the, in the York room. Dilly, are you there? Yes, Dilly is there. But um, look at these amazing ladies, and, and Femi, of course. And, um, but man, what a change that's brought, having live worship. It's been amazing. And we're still learning, and we're still growing through it. We're still challenged with sound and things, but we're getting better. I mean, you've got to admit, yeah. hey, is it improving? It's good. It's good. We're a work in progress. We're learning. And then I think for us, the highlight has to be Global Sunday. We're going to have another one. We're going to have another two, in fact. We're going to have, I think, in May, I think. I can't remember. But Global Sunday, every tribe, every tongue, every nation worshiping God. So we are one body in Christ. Jesus is the head. We are the body. And we believe that our best days are ahead of us. Let's stand to our feet. Let's thank God for today.